now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, B.J. Kennard and Adam Dellinger. And welcome to the show. I am B.J. Kennard along with Adam Dellinger. Uh, back to normal, because last week uh, we had a female version of you. Laura did a fantastic job. And if uh, by female version you mean somebody that was just uh, as good looking as I am, yes. I'm honored. So thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, yeah, when you shave, you and Laura uncannily. Hey, she did a great job. She did. And, and here's the nice thing. So if you didn't catch last week's episode, uh, Adam uh, could not make it. And so my co-host for the news, because my regular job is I'm a TV news anchor and I also you know, do radio as well. And uh, she watches Game of Thrones. And every Monday we go in after an episode. And it's the first thing we do before we even get into anything news related for the day. We're like, what do you think about last night? And so I'm like, oh, perfect. Adam can't make it today. Uh, come be Adam for me, and it will be fantastic. And uh, and it's not that talking's not her forte, because she does do the news, but she's she's kind of an introvert. Sure. And I thought we were able to uh, bring a lot out of her for the, for the hour. Yeah, she opened out. up. I, I thought she was great. I really did. Yeah, and uh, so since the last podcast, we had Memorial Day, which was, that was yesterday. Uh-huh. And that's why this is uh, a, a day later than normal because of that. Uh, I was all over the place. For the last couple of days, my daughter won the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Award for her high school. Hey, I'll which clap is, for that. Which big deal. Also known as Hobie. And it's been around since 1958. One sophomore from each high school in America is supposed to select a Hobie recipient. Coincidentally, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was selected as the Hobie representative for my high school, Stone Mountain High School, in the ATL. Uh, in Georgia. And so I got to go to Oglethorpe University, a, a very old, awesome campus uh, in Atlanta. And I got to go hang out with people I did not know from all over the state of Georgia. Back in the day, there wasn't really the internet. There definitely wasn't Facebook or any of that stuff. I didn't keep track with any of them. And there were, you know, cool people that I met. And it's really exciting while you're there. It's this giant leadership seminar. Like it's energizing. It's all this fun. So my daughter got to do it this past weekend. And so I hung out uh, and we'll get to a little bit more to that here in a second, in, in Greenville and Anderson, South Carolina for this. And now you get to meet all these people. There's, you know, 140 or 50 kids from all around the state, and they're already Snapchatting with each other. They're already on the Instagram with each other. They're, they've got email, all of this stuff. So they can honestly stay connected. And, and if they made a friendship, it can actually be real. So did she meet really cool people? She did. No, she had a blast. All right. And, you know, fortunately, and I don't know if it's just indicative of where we are, she knew like seven kids that were there already. Uh, by by chance, uh, the the other person from her school, like I guess a post uh, position opened or, or a spot. So one more person from her school got to go and she's already friends with him. And uh, so let me let me ask you if you think this is a, a, a not a very cool dad thing to do. We had to go check in Friday morning uh, this past uh, Friday. And you go in and you kind of sign in. They're staying on campus at this college for the for the next couple of days. I'm going to hang in town just so I don't have to drive all the way four hours and some change back uh, to drive all the way back in a few days. So we're doing our thing. I just We happen to be with that kid and his mom. Now, uh, is this, uh, you know, he's a cuter kid or whatever, you know, boy, uh, my daughter could, you know, I could see that as a, as a dude she would uh, like. I could see my daughter as a dude that, that he could like, you know. We walk around, there's a little college fair because these are the leaders of the school. These are the college, these are who college 
colleges want to go to their school. We do all this. I say bye to Sammy. It's a, it's where you officially sign them over. Now they are property of the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Organization for the weekend. I'm about to leave, but I'm going to walk out with this kid's mom because we're together. And like we're walking around this thing and we're parked in the same area. I'm not going to be rude, so we'll walk out together. I say bye to Sam. He, and she kind of turns a corner. She's like five feet from me. She can't see me now. And then I'm holding the door for his mom. She steps out and, and he, they say bye or whatever. And I look at him and I say, you take care of her this weekend, okay? Or you watch out for her this weekend, Yeah, that okay? was ultra lame. No, but I did it with a smile. I just, I looked, so this is how it would have went down. It would have sounded like this since since the podcast listeners can't uh, see it. I just looked at him and said, you watch after her this weekend. And he said, yes, sir. Or he said, okay, one of those two things. So yeah, he had a smile and the mom, well, it was, it was all kind of joking about it, you know? Uh, but then Sam was mortified when I told her uh, Saturday that I had said that. Yeah, because it's lame. How is that lame? How is that bad? Look, I'm a father, too. <laughs> a three-year-old. Uh, yeah, I know. She's but not dating yet. No, no, no. But I'm just telling you that I understand that there are things that, that I do now that have me fall into the father character. Okay. That's what you did. You, I know, and I did it on purpose. You were Mr. Mitchell. Yeah, which is okay. That's who you became. You were you were Dennis, Dennis the Menace's dad. And that's all right. With his tie and his... You know, I'm lameness. Tr- but I'm trying. To, I'm also trying to even set up that sort of. Oh, I should. I should be watching out for her. That sort of thing as well. Yeah, but that's implied because you're her father. No, not me. For him, I. I want it to be. You know, kind of uh, put into his brain. Oh, I should watch out for her. Let me watch out for her. Maybe a little bit of a nugget in there. Yeah, but he's almost a, like being. I'm almost like Chuck Woolery here, trying to set up. Uh, who's creepy? Uh, also, I don't know that. And also. This dude's already a little Lebowski urban achiever. Like, he understands. I mean, he's probably more responsible than both of us. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, he's a smart kid, and he did get selected to do this. Uh, but I, I think you know, I think he's a, a regular type of kid or whatever. He's also 6'4". And you've got a dude with my shoes on. Is he an athlete? He is. Yeah, he plays soccer. Okay. And does well. And so we got that sort of conversation. He plays he plays for the high school, but he also plays for the same organization that my, that my son team. plays for. Yep. And so I've, I've seen him around and I've seen him play. And, and my you know, my daughter's had conversations. Like, my dad saw you at practice today. You know, that, that sort of thing or whatever. So I was just trying to lighten the mood up a little bit. Also put that little nugget in there. Like, oh, maybe I should watch out for her this weekend. And then maybe that makes him go up to my daughter one more time than he would have. Which, may, who knows? I feel like now you're painting it is in some sort of weird now that's the woolery thing you're doing some sort of weird matchmaker kind of just just planting the seed one i do wonder i do want him to watch out for her over the course of the weekend straight up we work with somebody else in this building here at this radio station who has two daughters that are overachievers okay? okay and she has told me in the past that her daughters they're skipping the dating thing until college yeah they're not even fooling with it your daughter seems like the same kind of person. No, she wants to date. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this. But the boys just aren't interested. So here's what I'll tell you. My And, and this is from my course, my perspective. I've, my daughter is a beautiful girl. Ridiculously smart. Very talented. You know, she's in all AP classes. All these things. One of her teachers is on... Uh, so one of her teachers, his son is on my son's travel soccer team. So we'll see him. Like, I don't know any of my other te- my daughter's teachers. I don't I don't know any of their names, none of that. This is the first one I've had any real contact with. So we were at a tournament, you know, in another city, 
in between games, kind of hanging out. We're all just sort of eating lunch together. We're talking about, it's like, oh, Sammy's doing this or whatever. And then I had asked him, I was like, what, what do you think? How do the boys treat Sam in school? I only asked because she feels like she's going to die alone and with a room full of cats. And I was like, there's no way. They just don't know what they're missing type of thing. And he goes, oh, they're afraid of her. They're, they're intimidated by her. Just because my daughter's very direct, just if whatever it happens to be, either uh, no, you're wrong type of, you know, snap answer. Or whatever There's also to be. the deal where she's smarter than they are, too. Yeah. Where she's smarter than a lot of people. And like even now in the workplace, like there's two ways to view somebody that's, you know, has some sort of superior amount of intelligence, mm-hmm. right? It is intimidating. Yeah. I'm sure you know people that are, you know, incredibly gifted and incredibly intelligent. Sure. And that can be intimidating. Yeah. I mean, it's different in the workplace, maybe, I guess, because... Well, for, for our workplace, because it's radio or television. Uh, <laughs> Not that there's that smart people here. Well, but. think about this for a minute. This is going to probably be a poor example, but like a Holzhauer. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I almost called him Joel. Uh, what is his first name? Is it Joel? James. James, that's right. Uh, so the current Jeopardy... Crushing it. Yeah, and I don't see... I mean, he's incredible. Yeah. But I feel like I couldn't have a conversation with him. I think he sees things differently. He has to. Right. He views the world differently. Almost as, you know, like there's a Professor Xavier. T- I mean, like it's odd. I, I would love to find out after his run if we find out that he has a photographic memory or something like that. Because something, he's got to be going to something for all of these things. Well, he's you, played Jeopardy like no one before. Have you ever, have you heard him make those references? Like he made one last week. I know you watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I do. It's not even fun to play anymore. Like, have you oh. noticed that too? Yeah. Like, to play along is... it's Well, so it's fun for different reasons. Now the fun is, how in the world did he know that? Right. And how quick he's able to get these things. Before, you feel like you, at home, as a, you have a fighting chance. We don't have that chance anymore. Did you hear, uh, like, maybe a week ago or something, he was talking about he had this, he had this aunt, and she was... Uh, she was well-to-do, like financially mm-hmm. she was cool. I guess she lived in the city or something. All right. And that she would watch him sometimes during the summer, and he said that we would do the best of both worlds. She would carry me to like a rock concert or something. Mm-hmm. and then all. But during the day before that, she would carry me to like a museum. museum of modern art or That's whatever. Cool. Well, it lends itself to the photographic memory. Yeah. Because he said, I learned a lot then. You learned a lot as a 12-year-old that went to the Museum of Modern History or whatever, like most 12-year-olds, we don't retain that stuff. No, not at all. You may re- remember a cool statue or something that you saw, but not the period in which the statue was built, mm-hmm. the artist, and then all of a sudden had this fervor to learn all about that artist their entire life, when they were born, yeah. what drew them into that style of art. Talking to somebody like that to bring it full circle is really intimidating. Mm-hmm. And maybe your daughter puts that off. Yeah, and, may- and maybe she does, but I-, I think she'll be fine. Just hang on Jeopardy for a second. Does with with him doing as well as he's doing, do you do the same thing I do when you go, I should have paid more attention in school? When I see this guy on a run like this, he's got twenty-eight or twenty-nine victories now, I don't know what number it's up to, it makes me go, I should have tried a little harder in school. I should know a little bit more than I know. Because he knows so much about everything. I'm good in pockets of various things. I, I do something called, as you know, Adam, but uh, I do something called Canards Knowledge every day on my radio show where I give out three random facts. And they happen to be about anything. And I will retain some of those things. But it's not like something I need in my life, this information. They're just neat things. 
that's my wheelhouse. I can't tell you crap about uh, adjectives or adverbs, and I've that stuff has gone out of my brain. When my kids have that homework, or now they don't really have that anymore, uh, that, that was always go see your mom on those. No, and, and I'll tell you why. Because you tried hard in school? No, I, I didn't. I, I showed up, and I made sure that when I had to take something home to get signed, that it always looked decent enough for my parents not to yell at me. Now, your daughter is a... a I don't want to say an overachiever. She is. No, she's an overachiever and a perfectionist. Well, I didn't want that to sound derogatory. No, no, like she she's is. Do, no, no. Like, she's doing extra. I, I just think that she's, she's a smart person. Yeah. She's a sophomore, and she was chosen uh, for a prestigious award, mm-hmm. right? Well, now, I got to thinking in my head while you're telling the story, what happened to me when I was a sophomore? What yeah. was I doing? You know what happened to me when I was a sophomore? At Christmas, my mom surprised me and got me an honest-to-goodness Gibson Les Paul. Okay. Yeah. Now, I still have that guitar. Mm-hmm. I got almost 15 years old. I'll never forget that. Yeah, that's a big deal. Well, guess what? There's no time to study when you've got a Les Paul. That is also true. So we're just wired differently. Like, whatever makes you go. Like, she wants to be a veterinarian. So that's that's where the ballpark is right now. But now she might be leaning more towards doing um, nutrition and, like, di- like, dietetics and nutrition. She's fascinated with the body and how food can improve you or whatever it happens to be. So we're in that arena for a little bit. There could be, we found out there's uh, dietitians for dogs. Oh, sure. Or animals in general. My vet, I had to, I'm, it's, it's stupid. It's a long drawn out, but I have a recommended diet that's mm-hmm. easier on the kidneys of the Yorkie. Your, that yeah. I, it's a whole ordeal. But that lends itself more to the point. I think that she has a directive, mm-hmm. you know, that she's following. I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. That didn't pan out, but I worked to do that. Mm-hmm. Take Holtzauer again, for example. He retained a wealth of knowledge about yeah. all kinds of stuff. And I would say that he seems, and, I, and this may be recency biased, he seems smarter than Ken Jennings to me. I'm I'm with it seems different it's doesn't very it? different yeah and it and it could be recency bias too I remember I was watching when Ken Jennings was yeah unbelievable mm-hmm. but think about Holsauer for a minute gambler yep he didn't retain all of this knowledge so that he could be on a legal team in New York City yeah I mean it, does, it didn't matter to him he's a sports better he's literally he's doing trivia now and he's made two million dollars doing trivia mm-hmm. that was never his goal when he was 15 years old yeah, he's only like one or two wins away from the new record for money. Nobody's ever even mentioned, has he mentioned at all? Maybe I missed it, that some profession that he did have? Uh, no, uh, not that I've heard, as far as I know, just a sports better. I mean, I'm sure he went to college. Yeah. And, you know, I would imagine. Or he just thumbed through a bunch of books. Right. But it just seems odd. Now, I don't wish that I would have tried harder in high school. I just. Uh, what would I have done? I love what I do for a living. Like, I fell well, right into where I needed to be. And it's not because I wish I tried harder so I could have done something different. I wish I tried harder so I would know more than I know right now. That's all. And and, and on the things that I kind of feel like uh, maybe I missed on. Because I, granted, I, I won the same award my daughter won. And I graduated with a, you know, a three-something GPA. Because at one point in my high school, I said, I'm only going to do what I need to do to get by. That's what I did. The I, same had a, thing. I had a fine score on my SAT. I probably could have gotten into the University of Georgia, which would have been my choice. Uh, but I got I was fortunate enough, I, at the same age, I went to that same city to do radio where all my friends were. So I, I got to be at Georgia. 
and I don't actually take any you know classes, so I don't have the college education to go with it. And then I just became like the school of life type of person, where I just kind of soaked up everything I needed to to live my life to the fullest. And I just I feel like I should have read some extra books. Here's a question: Do you think that your daughter is smarter than me? Is smarter now than you were at that age? No doubt, no doubt. And I'm not. You know how they'll always say like, you know, we're taking inf- inflation, yeah. whatever that is from an education standpoint, out sure. of the equation because now we have the internet. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is it's more easy to obtain knowledge. Yeah. I'm just saying from a general. These kids actually should be dumber because information's at your fingertips. We had, I had to go find a gosh darn encyclopedia. Well, right, well, that's what I'm saying. To me, the most the most important tool that you can have at your disposal is critical thinking. Yeah. Maybe that and comprehension. So mm-hmm. can you read something? Can you comprehend it? Yeah. And then can you think critically and see it for more than what it actually is? Yeah. Can she do those things better now than you could at 16? She has a better understanding of the material, probably, and has a better recall of it. I would say that I'm, at that age, I would have been tons better at street smarts than my daughter is. Well, part of that's your fault. Of being, oh yeah, not being as book smart? No, 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 no. As being more street smart. Yeah. Your daughter has a different upbringing than what you had. True. Now, so I get you. She's not it's a, not that it's yeah. your fault. Right. I'm just saying that she's living a different life. No, I'm just saying from a vacuum. We're yes. inside a vacuum. Yes, that and is it's true. just super heady right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you on that. Because I'll give you an example. The other day, uh, I don't use an iron because I'm a grown man. And uh, somewhere in there when I took home ac, I was able to pass and then totally forgot how to iron. It's, it's terrible when I'm done. We use a steamer, a little handheld steamer. Best thing you can possibly buy. A Roomba for your house to vacuum and a steamer to cut out wrinkles. Two things every household should have. So I steam any clothes that I need. So will my daughter. Her sleeves were a little wrinkly for her. This was a week ago. So what does she do? She uses the steamer on her sleeve, which is what you're supposed to do, but not while you're wearing the garments. Oh, yeah, that's bad. So she has a steam burn on her upper arm. That's terrible. Yeah, because she just wasn't thinking about it. She's like, oh, I'll be fine. No, the steam will penetrate the fabric, and then... So she did it. A couple of days later, where's she going? She's going to Hobie with 150 kids from all over the state, and she's got this c- cool look. It actually looks pretty neat. A uh, steam burn on her arm, which did play into her favor because one of the things for one of the topics for a discussion was an embarrassing moment. It's like, oh, I got many of them. Here's one from just three days ago. Can she speak? Uh, like like in front of groups? Uh-huh. Yes. That's unbelievable skill. But, and, and this, is, this is why, at school she takes a class called AP Capstone. And they just introduced it this year, and it is a class, and I would have loved to have had something like this in high school, to where, one, it's so the high school kids at this school can compete with other high school kids in other cities and in other states when it comes to college credits and, and things that you can do. Literally every week, they have to give a speech in front of their class on whatever the topic happens. We, we, we covered it. We helped her with my, if you go back to the podcast, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. helping my daughter with her homework. Oh. So they have to do a speech every week that's anywhere from two to five minutes, depending on what the topic happens to be. So you got to research it. you got to know it. It's a gosh darn PowerPoint presentation as well. So they've got slides. They have to cite some of their sources when they do this as well. And so every week... You're doing it. You're getting up in front. So when she got to this thing, she's able to crush because I'm used to getting up in front of you guys. And so she would just do her thing. Argumentative based? Uh, Sometimes. Uh, So sometimes it's just straight up talk about whatever the topic is. Uh, If everyone got a phobia 
and these random phobias. So just explain to us what your phobia is. So you're given information. Yeah, yeah that cool. others are like we had we had to say why Batman was the greatest superhero ever. Uh, and then you can take other topics if it's just uh, forms of government, democracy, socialism, capitalism, all of these things. And then you might have to argue why yours is better than someone else's. Okay. And the class votes and all that sorts of things. Uh, so I love that. So she's really good at that. I was fortunate enough for my high school, and I don't think they do stuff like this anymore. I was the boys' extemporaneous speaker in competition for my high school. That is the nerdiest thing I have ever heard. Yeah, it just meant I could talk well in uh, about whatever it happens to be. So we would go for these. There's other people on the team, whatever it happens to be, and some of it's trivia or, or, or information-based, and then others or whatever it happens to be. Mine happened to be extemporaneous speaking. So I would go in. You'd get a topic. You'd have about 10 minutes or so, maybe 15. To not re- enough for you. To research the topic. Superfluous. Yes. Uh, and then you just had to go talk on it for X amount of time. Couldn't go under. Couldn't go over. And you had to just talk about whatever it was. And I loved that. Uh, either it was I could argue the point really well, or if it was like the worst topic ever, I'd take the opposite angle and do that. So anytime I could get in front of people to talk, I would do it. Nowadays, it feels like work if I have to get in front of people, depending on what we're talking oh, about. Oh, I'm with you. I yeah. was asked to do the. I had to go to a wedding on uh, Sunday. I was asked to do the toast on the spot. It's my sister-in-law. And I was like, uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Because number one, whose job is that? Best man? No. Well, if, if it's for the bride, it's the dad. Oh, yeah, the dad does that, sure. But uh, my father-in-law doesn't love talking in front of people. And he looked at me, he's like, I'm counting on you. And I'm like, no, man, this is your job. I could have gotten up and given a speech. What would it have gone like? It would have gone marriage. Marriage is what brings us <laughs> you together gave the generic. today. Love. True love, which is the Princess Bride. Companionship. Well, that literally is the lines in the Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, you did. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Hey, can you uh, help me? Yeah. How do you say his last name, Carrie? Who? Carrie from uh, Princess Bride. Oh. I would say Carrie Elways. I hope that's right. Is that how you say it? No, I don't. I, Eels? I think it's Elways. What I do is I'll three or four different versions. Yeah. Just depends. I'm sorry. So I'm Carrie Elways. You know what I got asked to do? I got asked to introduce the wedding party. Oh, okay. I've de- Have you ever DJed weddings? I don't do that. I don't do it except for special occasions. I did it for my other sister-in-law. I've done it for two friends. And I had to do it for a, a wife, a friend of my wife's. A co-worker of my wife. Not even a friend of my wife. Cha-cha shuffle, bro. Oh, my goodness. I hate them with a passion, having to do that. I've part. never done that. Oh, don't. But, but they, you, you have to introduce the wedding party. So I got to ask if I would do that. And uh, so that's all you got to do. And we want you to, you know, kind of be you. Yeah. You know, if you want to be funny or whatever, you want to do jokes. And I'm like, that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was a blast. But they were friends. Like, I would never do that. You know, uh, Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, at my sister-in-law's wedding, not this one, but my, my other sister-in-law, I had to DJ that wedding. As I'm doing the cake cutting, you have to go, all right, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to draw your attention over to the cake area uh, where Ruth and John are about to cut their cake. Uh, just want a little side note here. The knife that they are using is the same exact knife that their mom and her mom and dad use for their cake the same one that her brother and his wife used for theirs, the same one 
that I and my wife used for hours and has killed a couple of homeless people with it as well uh, and then just moved on. And this is at the wedding. I got laughs for those that know me. I've been in the family for a lot of years at this point. And so I just mentioned killing a homeless person. I was like, it's fine. They didn't have any family. It was good. And they just moved on and didn't circle back around to just joke. I was just kidding about the killing of the homeless people. Uh, but that's that's where I like to hang out in my realm of humor at these things. Yeah. So if I'm at a place, that's why it's good for friends and things like that. If it's If I don't know anybody there, I can't say the things that I want to say because they're usually drastically or, or I'm with you that makes sense but I thought it was a fun line it's a great line for the room like it I got the gasps and I got the laughs and I got the little elbows of someone going oh yeah yeah it's a Patrick Bateman deal yes yeah very much so now, speak, uh, you know speaking of uh, that's uh, Christian Bale I need to tell you how much of a savant you may be in the realm of uh, Batman because it, it's been huge going out there that one Robert Pattinson is probably going to be Batman. I told you this. Forever ago. There, There's a podcast. You can find it. It's here. It's on the website. It's uh, Spotify, iTunes, yeah, iHeart. You, you can find that You're podcast. You're listening to it now, so find the old one. But uh, you laughed at me. I, well, I thought it was an interesting pick. I was okay with it, but I, f- I figured there's other people. But you were like, nah, man. You know what? You, the USA Network did over Memorial Day weekend. I know you probably weren't watching a lot of television. None. They ran Harry Potter. Okay. And they would do... Take my body back, Harry. Take my body back. They would do uh, like two... I think they started Friday. They do two movies. Mm-hmm. They just run them over and over and over again. Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And yesterday, they went through the entire series. Yeah. And I watched Pattinson mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter movies. He's going to be able to do the Batman thing. Lots of people are excited. Even Jim Lee... DC editor Jim Lee, like big, big, big guy in our industry. He just recently, after this kind of broke a little bit, he's their chief creative officer. He tweeted or did an Instagram. He said, ready for my 16-hour nonstop flight. What am I missing? And that's just the quote or for whatever it happened to be. In the picture, he's got a Nintendo Switch. He's got a passport. He's got like a, a tablet where he can watch some things. And then on another little tablet... He has Robert Pattinson's name pulled up as to who Robert Pattinson is to drop an Easter egg in there, too, that even Jim Lee is recognizing Robert Pattinson as Batman. I'm telling you, you're not going to be disappointed. Here's the, I don't think I will. Here's the only thing about Robert Pattinson. He can do Batman. He can do a, what have we decided, like 27 to 35-year-old Bruce Wayne yeah, I think so. In that sort of range. He can do that, too. He is going to be at the mercy of the writers uh, from Warner Brothers here. That That's going to be his biggest downfall, I think. If he gets a lousy script, because you got to remember, who's going to do the movie? Uh, well, it's it's uh, oh, it's Matt. Um... The, the point is, it's not Christopher Nolan. True, true. One thing that Christopher Nolan was able to do, and I and I feel like I come back to those movies. Matt Reeves. Every time it. we talk about Batman, I come back to, to Christopher Nolan. But honestly, Christopher Nolan, the one thing that he did really well, despite even if you don't like the the last film, mm-hmm. uh, there's not corniness. The corniest part of those movies is the voice, right? Didn't we agree on that? Yeah. But not the script. Yeah. No, there aren't cheesy lines. There's not cheesy dialogue between characters. The plot always stays on track. DC's failed at that miserably with 
their most recent line of movies. Mm -hmm. That'll be his only downfall. Yeah, and I'm hoping that Joss Whedon has a hand in this somehow. But Matt Reeves is a great director to have for this. For for you know James Wan for Aquaman did a solid job. First ten minutes is terrible, but the rest of the movies is is really solid. Uh, having James Gunn do the upcoming Suicide Squad movie, I think is going to be a big help. But Matt Reeves is the is a is just a real director for them. Patty Jenkins did a great job uh, for Wonder Woman. Uh, that is who did Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. for sure. And so I think Matt will control a lot of that stuff and and just make sure it's okay. Willem Dafoe was asked at the Cannes Film Festival, uh, just you, know, you get asked all kinds of stuff, and someone asked him about the casting of Robert Pattinson as Batman. He didn't say anything about his ability to play it, but his Willem Dafoe's opinion is he's got a strong chin. That's a part of it. Can you imagine anyone with a weak chin ever playing Batman? I don't think so. He's got a good point. A lot of these people, as soon as Robert Pattinson, his name really came out, which you started then, people started to put him in the cowl and put him in the mask, and it really does work. The Bruce Wayne is going to be, I mean, can you be Bruce Wayne? Anybody can be Batman. Yeah. I really believe that. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's got a movie coming out now. Mm-hmm. One Night in Hollywood, is that the name of that? Uh, something like that. I'm close, though, yeah, right? Yeah, something in Hollywood. And the whole premise of the movie is it's a take on the Sharon Tate story, Yep. and uh, Leo DiCaprio is a you know, like a, a big-time A-list actor and Brad Pitt plays his stuntman. That's right, yeah. Like, I feel like that's the whole idea behind Batman. You can put anybody in the suit and make them glide through the air and give them the mannerisms and everything, but can you play Bruce Wayne? That's going to be the question. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. And this movie, too, is supposed to be the world's greatest detective version of Batman, which means the the plot's going to have to be even better because you're not going to have to rely on the action as much. It'll be there, but just... I, I love the fact, if you could give me like a CSI and a Batman and just combine those, or a... Uh, what's the Tom Hanks movie? The Da Vinci Code. Mm. That's Or even National Treasure, where you're just trying to find stuff out. One thing leads to the next and leads to the next. Now, I know that's a you know, a treasure hunting movie for National Treasure, but along the way, you're trying to figure it out to get you to the end point. Same for Batman. The end point is someone, a bomb is going to explode or a poison is going to infect the city, and how do you find all the clues to figure that out? I love that combination to where I feel like this could become my favorite Batman movie ever based upon what we know now of what the premise will be. Here's a question. Of all the Marvel movies that basically just wrapped up the Avengers series. Yep. How many of those movies would you call films? And how many of those would you say were movies? Majority would be films, I would say. I would say the first Thor is a movie. Second, third, second and third Thor, I think, move more into the film arena. First Iron Man's a movie. Yep. Ant-Man is a, is a movie. Guardians, movie. Yes. Both Guardians movies. Civil War film. Ragnarok movie. Yep. Uh, Infinity War film. Ant-Man movie. Movie. Ant-Man 2 movie. Movie. Uh, so I guess more movies than films, I guess. Endgame. Film. To me, Endgame is the one that teeters. So is, so is the line? It does. I mean, I would say that I would... It's. I think it's too grand to be a movie. Uh, lots of stuff can be grand. It's, it's still just, a movie. But uh, not not Michael Bay grand or Jerry Bruckheimer yeah, grand. It's not Transformers. Yeah. Sure. Those are grand, but they're not films. But the point is, what's DC going to do with this particular 
movie and or film. Mm -hmm. Which direction are they going to go with it? Because I think that Pattinson is a film guy. Sure. I, I really believe that. Now, yes, I know he's done... I just got done talking about Harry Potter and then the Twilight stuff and all. Seek out Robert Pattinson from a filmography standpoint. He's mm -hmm. done a lot of indie stuff. He's been nominated for a lot of awards. Like, the dude can act. Yeah, he's, yeah certainly. That's a real thing. He He's an actor. If they err on the side of film, his chances are way better. If they make this thing a movie, it's going to be not... Well, it's going to be bad. Yeah, I don't think Matt Reeves really does movies, though. If you, he did Planet of the Apes. War of the Planet of the Apes. Those. Those are movies. Those are... Well, you think so? Like, there, there's a real film element to those. Like, even though they're, they're CGI monkeys and everything, there's heart in that story. There's a lot of action. Well, but... and I know there's an idea there. I think that's what makes a film, right? It, it spurns some sort of critical thinking to come back to we were talking about that earlier. So the Planet of the Apes movies, there's an underlying theme there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, who's to decide, you know, what constitutes human life you know, versus the animal planet. And I, like, I get that. And there's a whole lot of uh, question regarding ethics, medical ethics and things. And the, mm -hmm. those movies, dude, I still think they're movies. They're also remakes. Can a remake be a film? Charlton Heston didn't do... The, Planet of the Apes, dude... Those aren't films. No, they're not. They're but, movies, man. But you could turn them. You could definitely turn it into a film, because the 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 feeling of the first Planet of the Apes. Heck, it's a remake of a remake, even because yeah. uh, Mark Maki Mack uh, was the main character in the Tim Burton one. Mm -hmm. And you know, I know what they were trying to do, and, and they, that's I would much rather watch that movie over any of the originals. Because it's just, I think, these though I grew up with the originals. It's like Superman, man. They didn't age well. No, they didn't. And it's not their fault. I mean, just because of the prosthetics and things mm -hmm. that they used and whatnot. And the way they, the apes talked. You know, they were British for some reason. And they didn't have to be. Charles and Heston's not, but they are. Um, but I, I think Tim took it up a notch. And then these were made from there. And these have a different feel and look than even Tim Burton did. What else did he do? So, first, he did Felicity. Did five episodes of that, including the pilot episode. And if you Carrie don't, Russell. If you don't consider those to be films on television, then we need to end the conversation. I'll right watch now. Felicity. No, actually, I never watched Felicity. You didn't watch no. Carrie Russell, bro. Oh, no, I absolutely know. The, the curly hair was fantastic. I'm all about it. Uh, so what really brought him into most people's radar was he did Cloverfield. Mm, movie. Awesome. Yeah, that's a movie. But uh, innovative. With the way it was done. It was all uh, uh, found footage. Was it innovative? It really was. We didn't know much about it. Did Paranormal Activity or uh, Blair Witch Project not come first? Uh, paranormal Activity did not come before Cloverfield. But Blair Witch did. Yeah. That and, kicked off the found footage. Did. Yeah, but the, the difference with, I think, that one and Cloverfield is we didn't know a whole lot about what Cloverfield was about. It was very secretive. It was like this really neat marketing ploy where you didn't know a whole lot about it. MTV production? Uh, for Cloverfield? Yeah. I don't know. It's J.J. Abrams. So I don't know if MTV did that one or not. Maybe they did. So then after Cloverfield, he did Dawn of Planet of the Apes. He did War for Planet of the Apes. They're great. Well, we're undecided on film or movie on those. There is an underlying theme there, but they're great film movies. Yeah, executive producer on 10 Cloverfield Lane. And then he was executive producer on all sixty-two episodes of Felicity. So he's got some he's got some credit to him. Is that it? Uh, from a director standpoint, he has a he did a movie called it's not even a real one. I don't know what it is. Let Me In. And then after War, Planet of the Apes, he's doing the Batman. 
but he did War for Planet of the Apes in 2017. Batman's going to be a movie. Dude, I'm telling you. Batman's going to so. be at 100%. There's going to be explosions. I mean, there has to be explosions. But you can have explosions like an Infinity War and still have a film. What if Batman's curing AIDS in the upcoming you know, thing? Then that's a film, man. Well, how you working the explosion into that? Well, the person who doesn't want the AIDS cure is willing to stop at nothing to prevent it from getting out there. I just think that he's going to make a movie. And if he makes a movie, it doesn't fare as well for Robert Pattinson. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'll watch a Batman movie. Mm -hmm. I think the last Batman, the last Christopher Nolan deal is a movie. That whole deal with the end where he rides off in the Batwing and is he alive or is he dead, that's not, I mean, that's not a film. That's a movie. I'll give you that. I think... uh, the second one's a film, mm-hmm. the whole Joker thing. There was psychological stuff going on. And I'll say the first one was a film, too. I'll give you that one as well. Yeah, the third one's my least favorite. And we've talked about it on the podcast before. A little curveball, Heath Ledger uh, died unexpectedly, right. so they had to make do with what they had. The Bane scene, the Scarecrow stuff at the end, That's it's a movie. Yeah, and the, and, and the inability to understand Bane, like, that's just, that's just a miss. How do you not, like, how does someone not go, I like, uh, hey, uh, hey, Christopher? Yeah, I don't know what that dude's saying. But, uh, to come yeah. back to Hardy, too. Venom, movie. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming, movie. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Tom Hardy does real films, though, and wouldn't be hurt by playing Venom. Do you think that they are afraid to make superhero films because they're not as mass appeal? Well, I'm going to go with no. I think it just turns out what they give us are movies. I don't. I think they're setting out to make a film on every one of these, and it turns out well lately. No way, DC. No way, DC's thinking film. They're thinking movie. The Batman, well, Superman Shaz- thing is Shaz- movie. Shazam is a straight up uh, movie. Aquaman. I think they had some commercially huge success. Huge, better than they ex- anticipated for Aquaman, but they made a movie. But I. But on the on I think on the Batman films, the Nolan trilogy, I think they were setting out to make films. I almost feel like they didn't have involvement there, though. And maybe they didn't. And maybe that's the beauty of it. Maybe Matt Reeves will take control of this. Whenever Joss Whedon decides to do whatever he's going to do, I, I he'll have creative control over that. Of the well, let's think about Batman, the Tim Burton movies, mm-hmm. movies. Oh yeah, um, nipple Batman. Oh. Movie. They're, they're all movies. If you've been gracious to call that one even a movie, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Ugh. What's the closest that DC's come to making a legit film? Because I'm pretty sure they didn't have overseen involvement in the Christopher Nolan Unfortunately, stuff. Unfortunately, Superman. The first Superman with Christopher Reeve. Or Superman Returns. Uh, yeah, you know you know what? Uh, Zack Snyder did set out to make a film. It is one of my least favorite superhero films of all time. No, lots of it just doesn't make sense. We've talked about it, too. Uh, the plot of Superman Returns, or the, the main thing that Kevin Spacey wants to do is to create land. That's just like, that's so dumb. Yeah, and then Superman's got a kid who's got asthma, but doesn't have asthma. Like, and he's, <laughs> and also Superman went out there that whole time for years he's out there. And, uh, uh. But there are scenes in the movie in which they were leaning towards film. Sure. The school bus scene, I come back to that one every time. What happens with the school bus scene? And he's a kid, remember? Uh, well, I thought that was the is isn't that the one with uh, Henry Wait, that's Cavill? Man of Steel. That's Man of Steel. So, so Man of Steel is the f- closest they got to doing film. Okay, and I love I like that movie a lot. Would you say that's fair? Yes. Yes. Superman, There's a lot of Superman Returns is a movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Superman Returns is so stupid. But they tr- but they try to put movie elements in. I'm sorry, film elements in that movie. Man of Steel. I like that school movie. bus part. Uh-huh. All the stuff with Kevin Costner at the beginning. Yeah. And they're trying to hide the fact from him that mm-hmm. hey, you know you're a human kid. They're trying to hide the whole thing that yeah. he's he's not. Like could, they got could save his dad, but doesn't that emotional scene? The whole first half of that is a film. Mm-hmm. The whole second half of it's a bad movie. Well, you can almost figure out when DC got a hold of it, even if they did or didn't. When General Zod shows up, when General <laughs> and, and the and the, it's a world generator, so it's going to destroy the world. Justice League, they're going to destroy the world, like with these machine type things or whatever. There's the the creativity is is gone essentially when it when you're when you've got some of these big heroes or multiple heroes. And at least for Aquaman, they were just trying to take over the like the like the the army was trying to take over the world. The the underwater people didn't create a machine that was going to create a tsunami that would wipe out all of the land people. They were just fighting for who's going to rule Atlantis and who's going to take over the Earth. You know that's all right. That's fine, dude. I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. Follow me here. See if you agree. One of the things that makes DC's movies movies is the costumes i just realized when general zod shows up mm-hmm. that's a dc movie universe costume thing that he's wearing just like a dark it's vigo it's ghostbusters too he's wearing vigos yeah. is he not very close yeah. it's a brown vigo suit yeah the aquaman the being Affleck batman suit is awful it, yeah cuz i don't know what they were they made it look like it had been not torn to shreds, but like all cut up well, and this that, and that. Why not just get a new uniform? Remember when the movie, we first found out about it, and it's like, man, they're doing Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, which they're, would have been legit. They're doing Dark Knight Returns. Well, they tried to do a Dark Knight Returns suit, only Batman wasn't 70. Yeah. And it was odd. Mm-hmm. Like, Dark Knight Returns, the whole idea is that that's Batman's suit. He's worn that thing for 50 years or whatever. Yeah. That's why it looks like that. It's just a beat. Like, why can't you get better threads than what you've got to yeah and superman wonder woman and aquaman all those costumes look like they were designed by the same exact person yeah the but, ti- the time travel suits in avengers yeah how sleek are those very cool i mean they're awesome looking looks like it'd be a u.s olympic team right yeah i know that dc is trying to stay true and dc is a more vivid company and comics or those are vivid when you see the justice league lined up in a, in a, a picture for the comic book characters, they look like superheroes. Super superheroes. And if you saw the Avengers lined up, not necessarily the case from a vivid perspective. So maybe it's easier to do these other costumes because it's it's more muted tones as opposed to just this bright, you know, gawky looking whatever. Though Aquaman looked cool, but that makes sense though, doesn't it? It yeah. looks like a movie. Think about to go back to Christopher Nolan, that Batman costume. Straight up black. It's blacked out. It is. It has a lot of details on it. You have to, you have to see a replica of it or see a picture of it in a magazine to be able to see that the entire movie. It's Batman. He's blacked out. Mm-hmm. You can't see anything on yeah, it. Just shy of tinted windows. Basically, yeah. Right. The whole thing is just a blacked out costume. It, it's not that no attention was paid to that. Well, I would say that now. Bane had a crappy costume. Uh, yeah. That uh, dumb. And the Heath Ledger, not much of a costume, just interesting paint for the face. It didn't look good either. I don't. I, I felt like for him, it kind of fit the schizophrenicness of the character. 
you know, just like whatever he's wearing or however he's doing and the scarring, the makeup was just him. He wasn't a white-faced joker. He wasn't Cesar Romero or any of those, or Jack Nicholson. He had the crazy scarring and he threw the whatever disjointed makeup on his face to kind of be the crown, uh, you know, clown prince. Yes. Yes. But maybe... Maybe that's part of the problem, too, is that we have these gold standard ideas in the back of our mind on what these characters are supposed to look like. And with Marvel, we don't have that. Like, we don't have a 1965 reference of what Thor is supposed to look like. Yeah, that's true. In the back of our head. Because, you know, when Tim Burton made the first Batman movie in 89, that was Cesar Romero. I mean, he went out and he got Cesar Romero. That's who Jack's you know, the makeup, mm-hmm. the purple suit, the whole deal. It's a modern-day Cesar Romero. Yeah, and then at least he went polar opposite. He went Dark Knight on us instead of Adam West, right. Batman. Yeah. He flipped the script. And then all the other costumes since then have been courtesy of Tim Burton. They all look like that. Now. Which is a good thing. The Christopher Nolan costume is Batman, Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the blacked-out, you know, that whole deal. Yeah, that's a good point, though, that Marvel, we don't have... Uh, you don't have a reference. You know, for the Hulk we do, but it's green and purple pants. You got Spider-Man, but that costume's never changed for the most part. No. Eye shape, maybe where the blue is, maybe there's white on the suit occasionally, that's it. But Marvel at least did a good job of making the eyes move and open and uh, close, because in the comic they do that, though really they shouldn't. No, it's you a know, it's cloth. It's cloth, so it should stay. It's Rorschach. It's a Rorschach type thing. It really is. And I don't... I, I know someone had to have done this before Todd McFarlane, but I feel like Todd, when he did Spider-Man, he really went to town for the eyes and had all sorts of expressions with the eyes. And I and I don't know how much that was really there before that. Maybe it was there a good bit. Maybe it wasn't. But that's for me when it, when it hit home and never stopped. Once that happened and that popularity was there, it never... Then they are always moving so much that in the in the films even uh, with the suit it does that. Well, have you noticed that with the costumes that like let's take Captain America for example. I used to watch the Captain America cartoon when I was a kid. They mm-hmm. would show it in reruns, and I got a couple on VHS, and I used to watch them over and over. Captain America's costume it hasn't changed. Mm-mm. I mean that's Captain America. Yeah. That shield that's the same shield he's used since the Silver Ages. Mm-hmm. You know for the most part. Yeah. You're right, there really isn't a reference point, but at the same time, they'll cut cheesiness out. Look at the Mm X-Men. Like, if there's a cheesy costume that's not going to work, that's why we don't have a Wolverine. We don't have a Wolverine costume. Yeah. They can't make that work on film. He's going to look corny. I hope they can do something, though. Give us a little something. I want the mask. I I would love it. And Danny DeVito wearing that thing will be phenomenal. (laughs) You know about that, right? I've heard. Yeah, there's the petition out there. To get Danny DeVito to play Wolverine. Now, yes, that is the cheesiest, craziest thing in the world, but he's a little plump, but he's the right size for Wolverine. He might be too short for Wolverine. How tall do you think Danny DeVito is? Danny DeVito and his wife, or... Rhea Perlman? Are they still married? I don't think they are anymore. They get divorced like every two years, but Rhea Perlman and him, I'm going to say 5'2". Let's see. Google says Danny DeVito is 4'10". That's a little person. I was going to say, Rhea Perlman, him about the same size. She's, she's 5'0". actually taller at, at uh, five foot oh. Joe Pesci's 5'4". He could be a good Wolverine candidate. I don't think, of course, that's not going to have any traction. Danny DeVito's not going to be the next Wolverine. But I would, I'm looking forward to when they make it and if they give us the costume and give us something real. Are we getting another Wolverine? I think it's going to be a little bit. I think we'll, Ryan Reynolds has been pushing, pushing, pushing Hugh Jackman to 
just give me one more. Just give me one more Deadpool, Wolverine, something in that vein. Give me a little something. And he said in an interview not that long ago that he thinks he might be able to make it happen. He's like, I put, I work him all the time. So if it, if it was ever going to happen with Hugh Jackman, it would be in the next year or so, and that's going to be it. I'm not watching that movie. Deadpool Wolverine? No way. Why not? I'm just not. Why? Deadpool's too corny to be with Wolverine. No, well, I mean, Wolverine's the straight guy in this. Deadpool, he's with, it's Abbott and Costello, man. It, it can't be Hugh Jackman. I've seen Hugh Jackman in the jungle killing hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. I've seen him fighting Sentinels. Yep. I've seen him battle Sabretooth, mm-hmm. a Magneto. I've seen him battle all these people. Yep. I don't want corny jokes now. I don't, he's not giving them, though. He's he's going to have to listen to them. You know what Wolverine would do? He would chop Deadpool's head off. And he can. Deadpool will grow Over and over and over. And that's okay. They're brothers, essentially. You're going to petition for that? You want to see that movie? I would love to see a Wolverine-Deadpool movie. I'd be all about that. By the way, how many films has Wolverine appeared in? Oh, well, that's he has a record. For, like, the character played in the most films. No, no, no. Like, I mean, films. Oh, films? One. The Wolverine? Uh, Logan. Logan. Yeah. Logan's a film. Logan is a film. That is a spaghetti western film. I don't think you can say that together. You can for this one. Because that's how they shot it. They wanted to be. They wanted the feel of a spaghetti western. Is Good, the Bad, and the Ugly a film? Yes. I would say it is. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, that, if that counts, then this would count. Still is like a spaghetti western. But yeah, the Wolverine, hundred percent not a film. Uh, All right, and are we too lenient with throwing that title out? Like, are we just calling everything films? Like, if you well, we're talking about comic book movies, number one. So we can't we can't go Godfather two film, the Wolverine, <laughs> a movie like you just or Logan. But you know, Logan I think takes the Pepsi challenge against a lot of them. But what about Wolverine? Is that a movie? The one where he goes overseas and fights the the Silver Samurai? Yeah. No, I think it's a film. No. Wow. Movie? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't even really love that one that much. I've maybe only seen it five to ten times. I just thought because you had a lot of character development. Yeah, well, that's what they're shooting for here, but it wasn't... I, I didn't love that one. And you definitely don't get it for the first one, which is what... What was the first one even called? Where he rides the Harley, and uh, he gets his claws, and we see all that? Is that not The Wolverine? No. No, it's it's uh, Origins, X Men Origins, oh, X Men Origins, Wolverine. No X Men movie ever, film. No, none. No, they're all movies. And Days of Future's Past is cool. They might be trying it with Dark Phoenix. They may be trying to do. Yeah, I mean, it has it has a Days of Future's Past feel to it. Uh, I mean that that movie. I didn't. I mean that everyone dies in that movie. Mm-hmm. But at least they get brought back because they fix the future. But everyone died in that movie. And that's not something that, like, oh, I think they do that for the film's sake of it. I like better better feels of that. But I think we won't see Wolverine, a new Wolverine, for at least a handful of years when Marvel will finally introduce that, and then the, and, and they'll do that. But I, then you have to ask yourself, is it going to be just, or the, is it just a reboot then? It has to be. I don't think they're keeping anybody from the X-Men universe. Well, they're going to reboot everything. That's how this is going to work. From, you think from a, they're going to reboot all the Fox stuff? Yeah. Because they're not going to reboot all the Marvel things. Well, they'll have to. The Fantastic Four. That oh, totally has to be a reboot. and the, No doubt. The X-Men stuff, too. I think whatever they're doing right now, that all that stuff's going to come to an end, and they're going to reboot X-Men ground up. 
Yeah, but I like James McAvoy. I like Michael Fassbender. I think that has worked. Mystique has been fine. Well, once again, we're going to go back to the no source material. We well, like, had Ian McKellum and you had Patrick Stewart. Right. If they bought Patrick Stewart in as Professor X, are you okay with that? Live action cartoons. That's what those movies were. Yeah. It felt like watching the X-Men animated series, which was fantastic mm-hmm. in the 90s. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Yeah. All that stuff was awesome. But that's what they are. And if you... That's the cool part about doing a reboot. You want to bring back Captain Luke Picard? Bring him on board. Bring I'm, Sir Patrick Stewart back. I would love that. Right. Well, because he is him. Yeah, he really is. Who could... Like, if if you couldn't do it, if you can't have Jean-Luc Picard, and you're not doing James McAvoy, who would you put in as Professor X? I say Walter White. Give me a bald. Does he does he have to be British? I mean, can we can we reboot it and not break him British? Yeah. I mean, does does the audience care if he talks with a with a British accent or not? No. I'm gonna say no. No. But maybe maybe uh, who plays Walter White? Brian Cranston. Yeah. Brian Cranston is Professor X. Thoughts? Better than Split. Oh, James McAvoy. Yeah. Uh, well, I think they did a great job. Is him as a young Professor X worked great. As it's more also, mature. Also, that shouldn't exist. Young Professor X? I don't want young Professor X. I don't want young X-Men. I want the whole thing established. I want the Academy, like, already there. Mm-hmm. Don't I don't need all that backstory. It's a whole movie by itself. And they did. Right. And that was X-Men First Class. So if they reboot it, pick it up somewhere in the middle. They've been fighting for years. I'll tell you who, who could do it. This is going to sound absurd. Robert Pattinson. Daniel Craig. Oh, wow. Look at you. That would be excellent. I think that Daniel Craig is one of the best actors on the face of the planet. New dad, too. Shout out. Congrats, by the way. Oh, yeah. Rachel Weisz. Yeah. Daniel Craig's phenomenal. Then you can keep the British thing going. You totally could. And he'll be much happier because he's about to get surgery on his ankle because of an injury he sustained on Bond 25. He's broken ribs and bones doing that stuff. He'll wheel his ass around in a wheelchair for this whole thing. He'll be safe. I've got Magneto. Okay. Hang on. Let me think for a second. All right. Uh, does this person already have whitish hair? Uh, they they can. They have before. Oh. Oh, I don't know who. Christoph Waltz. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, but like serious Christoph Waltz and not the... the and not, Ju- Django the Un- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not Django Unchained. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's solid. Oh, and didn't they... Uh, weren't they in a Bond film together? Yes. So that could be your connection. They are in uh, Spectre. They all blurred together for me. Yeah, I can't. That's pretty solid. Or Skyfall. I- and then once you start getting into... I, I start to think about people who have not been in any of these films. You got the kid, uh, Taron Edgerton, who's about to be Elton John. Yeah. It looks terrible, by the way. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see it, but but uh, at least there's a fantasy aspect to it, and it's not a Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. It's just all factual. There's a little bit of uh, of wonder to it. I feel like Taron Edgerton needs to show up in one of these films in some regard because he's a high profile actor at this point, and he hasn't been in there yet. Could you, you know, are there is there anyone that's been in some of these movies that's not as successful that you would? kind of bring back into the fold as cyclops anybody can play cyclops anybody can play colossus but i want certain people in these films like i want john ham to do something because he's a giant batman fan i would love for john ham to be somebody in here that's not a colonel or you know somebody (laughs) in the government let him be somebody for real he can find his way into x-men he could and he could actually be like a mr sinister mr sinister he you know what this is going to sound weird too 
Because I don't know what all kind of, of your weird ones have worked out though. So well, I feel like these are solid. I don't know what kind of age you're going for with your X Men characters. Mm-hmm. He would probably be a pretty rad Cyclops. I'm gonna say too old for what they're gonna be doing. Me too, but I'm. But do you see it? Yeah. Like I, as a developed. I could. Maybe he's an instructor. Yeah, but I, I want to. I want to see them do. Cyclops to me doesn't necessarily always work in the movies. Even in the comics, he's not always anywhere to use your power. If that your power just doesn't always work, you have to press a button on your visor to make your your power get released. I've never enjoyed. You're hampering. Those are just bad characters. I thought. To me. Yeah, but. Uh, James Marsden, I thought, was pretty good. Yo, for the role, it's fine. Halle Berry, I thought, was a good storm. I know, so, Solid storm. I'm, yeah. I'm all right with that. Uh, you could even bring, you could kind of go somewhat for full circle if you're rebooting uh, and take a person from X-Men First Class, which is Zoe Kravitz, and then let her be the new storm if you want to. Zoe Kravitz would be a great storm. Uh, Dave Bautista would be a phenomenal Cyclops. He looks just like him. You mean Colossus? I mean Colossus. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Big phenomenal Colossus. He's uh, he is the closest thing we have to Arnold like that. And I want the uh, I want the shiny metallic Colossus. I, I want the Colossus that looks like a mirror. Yeah. I think it's just hard to pull off. Well, it's a crappy CGI. I mean, it's well, even I think just because if it was easy to do, I think as much as Deadpool sticks to source material, I think that Colossus would be more metallic if they could and thought that it looked good. Ryan Reynolds will stay as true to any of that stuff as he can, but even their Colossus is a little muted. Army Hammer could be Colossus too because it's it, you too skinny. Mm, I think the whole thing's CGI'd. Yeah, and he's got the face. The face is like the. Yeah, but I feel like you're wasting him. He'd be like a great angel. You know? Oh, that's a good one. Like, he'd be solid for something like that. Who's Sabretooth? Depends on, I guess, what Sabretooth you do. I want the Sabretooth. I want all the... I'm basing everything off, like, X-Men 1994. I'll take, like, a Javier Bardem uh, on a Sabretooth then. Because he looks kind of bizarre in general. And I think he could play that role pretty awesome. Okay, I'll give you another... Christoph Waltz, maybe that seems out there. Can he actually get rid of that accent? I don't think he can. I think he can. You think he can? Yeah, I think I think he has not done that. Mm, it's always sort of like discernible. Like I can tell that it's there a little bit. Mm-hmm. How about this one? Benicio del Toro as Magneto. He's the, he's as sinister as you can get. You do, then I would maybe make him Mr. Sinister. I didn't think about that. Because there's there's several characters you could you could pull out for this movie that I think a lot of villains can roll into. You know, Tom uh, not Tom, Kevin Bacon played what would have been one of the Hellfire Club guys. You know, which is not a throwaway, but sort of. Uh, but Mr. Sinister's not made an appearance. Uh, then I guess it depends on what route you want to do. I would love to see the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which they tried to do in the first movie, yeah. but do that for real. Then you have, like, supervillains versus superheroes, and it could be epic. Who is... Can we do an X-Men movie and leave Jean Grey out of the movie? Can mm-hmm. we just do... Can we not do Jean Grey? I mean, she's a core. I mean, she's an original five. So I feel like you have to. Okay, pre-Phoenix. Oh, I think you leave Phoenix out of it. I don't want anything to do with Phoenix. No. Yeah, she's telekinesis and telekinetic. It's OP. It breaks the game. Yep. Um, so you leave. So you got Jean Grey. You got Storm. Mm-hmm. You got... Is Wolverine in the movie? I think you... Because I don't think you're doing a solo Wolverine film. I think you're putting him in there because you need... I think they're thinking you need ensembles. If you reboot X-Men, you can't sell that ticket without Wolverine. Yep. I believe that. And I don't I don't even really acknowledge an X-Men without Wolverine. 
Like mm-hmm. if I see the entire, you know, if there's the Wolverine or if there's the X-Men ensemble there, mm-hmm. Wolverine's the dude in the front at the center. Yeah. For those first three films, he was. And then ever since then, he made that one cameo. And then that, well, no, that's not true. He, oh, Sorry, he made the cameo in the first one when he said, go after yourself. And then the second one for Days of Futures Past, he was the primary character in that. Also, I want the Wolverine that I remember from the comics. Professor X had a really hard time controlling mm-hmm. and that they just didn't get along. Mutual respect. They don't like each other. Yeah. That, you know, because they were trying to, Wolverine didn't know enough about himself. Right. I also want Australian Wolverine, just like in the cartoons before they really paid attention to the fact that he's Canadian. Daniel Craig could also play Wolverine. Too big. I want I want them to give us a real Wolverine this time. But will a, will a real Wolverine work? That's a tongue twister there. Uh, because Wolverine is small. He's not, I mean, he's not, he's bulky. He's a little uh, brick house. But he's shorter. He's shorter than, than we are. Well, I say me. You're taller than I am. But he's not Hugh Jackman, six feet and some change. He's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, you have to have somebody that can sell the whole sarcasm, smartest guy in the room thing, too. That's the toughest part about Wolverine. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe was a frontrunner when people were just throwing around stuff. No. During the merger. Unfold- Robert Pattinson was one. Now that could work. I'm telling the the perfect one is gosh darn dude from Taboo. And Venom. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. The, he'd be the perfect Wolverine. Unfortunately, Daniel Radcliffe, is he's finished. You think so? He's got to be. I watch no, his... He's, he's got some new show. That's where, what I was saying. I was watching the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. That dude's Potter. He's going to be Potter forever. Yeah, but... He's his typecast. That's the worst typecast. He's could, Luke Skywalker. He, Hamill... Hasn't done anything else. Voice of, for of stature. Voy, well, I'll... Don't write out that voice for it, dude. He no, is no, the no. Joker. No, no. I'm saying the, all that stuff is amazing, but visually, he hasn't done anything since then of, Cri- of note. Christopher Reeve. I mean, it happened to Christopher Reeve, too. Did he do, uh, like, is he, was was he in, not Rear Window, but he did some of the... No, he, did, he some, did a bunch of movies. Yeah. I'm just saying that when he, I mean, that, hey, look, it's Superman. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. I mean, Gal Gadot, I'm sure she's happy to be Wonder Woman. Didn't happen to Christian Bale. Uh, no, but different caliber of movie, too. Film. Film. It's film. Look at that. You just brought it back full circle there. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Let's end on that one. That, okay. was, a, that was a good full circle there. Uh, good to have you back. Uh, next week, here's we're going to get kind of comic book heavy. We did a lot of movie talk for this one. I noticed on the latest issue of Superman, there is, on the cover, it is Superman and his son and uh, Supergirl they have fallen at the feet of Rogel Czar. They have just fallen in battle, and he, like almost like he has just killed them all. That is the cover of the issue. So when you thumb through the issue, you're, you know that these three super people are going to battle Rogel Czar. And how did they get to this point where it looks like he has defeated them? He's holding their capes in his hand. He's about to, to, to officially kill them. And that does not happen in that comic one iota. Supergirl shows up literally in the last panel, and then the comic is done. So false advertising on these covers. And and it got me thinking, there's a lot of deceptive comic book covers out there to where it's almost like you go to the grocery store and you see the star and the tabloids. Are comic book covers turning into tabloids where they're selling us a bill of goods by looking at the cover and not delivering on the inside? You mean there's none of this? No, because I'm showing uh, Adam's looking at the cover right now. That is the cover of the comic book. And inside of it, Superman does get to do a little bit of battling. And the sun as well. But the sun doesn't even battle Rogozar. Zod shows up. 
but Supergirl's not even in the comic, and here she is unconscious at the hands of Rogolzar next to her unconscious cousin and her unconscious cousin's son. So false advertising. Yeah, we get that. And I and I think that's I think there's something should be done about that. We get that with Spider-Man a lot too. Oh, all the time. It's uh, happened a bunch in that new Amazing Run. Yeah, and it's doing it. So let's let's dive into that a little bit next week. We'll get a little bit comic book nerd heavy. Uh, as always, thank you for watching. Uh, tell people about us. Uh, we're rolling strong. Uh, uh, new Zealand picking up a few more people there too. Uh, Israel, we got somebody, uh, which is fantastic. I saw one spend in in Israel. Tel Aviv, yeah. Uh, Poland and a, and a few others. So uh, tell people about us. Uh, rate us. Uh, subscribe to us when the new episodes come out. Uh, it hits right into your in inbox i don't know i, I do it I, I listen to us mainly through spotify i get a notification it, comes pops right up yeah so if you do that you'll get the notification i had my mom oh, happened to be in town not that long ago and i had to show her how to do it because she wants to listen which i have to be careful if i tell any family oriented things we got pretty heavy today that like the first 20 minutes oh it was all good dad talk it that's was. fine that's it, all good stuff. That I, I will never be uh, I, I will i never mind embarrassing my daughter my son doesn't ever get really embarrassed by me. He gets embarrassed by my wife. I mean, it's mom. Maybe that's why. I guess I'm mama's boy, daddy's yeah. girl, that sort of thing. Uh, so like us, uh, subscribe to us, all of those things. So thank you for listening. Until next time.